Charlotte. And I'm Helly, and welcome to 20s Are Hard, our fortnightly podcast on surviving your 20s. Have been. Pretty good. Pretty good. We're having a very nice weekend together. Um, Our friend Asia has just moved into her first house. So exciting. So exciting. So we're actually spending a weekend together, all four of us, which is really, really nice. Doing some decorating, being, um, being adults. We are. We've painted. We're covered in paint right now. Yeah. Um, we're taking a mid-painting break to record this. And it's been really lovely, hasn't it? It has. It's been very, very nice. Although we did something very uh, out of our usual character last night, actually. We did. We like. went to a wrestling match. Yeah. And it, was, it wasn't quite... I don't think it's what either of us expected. No. And it, actually, I really enjoyed it. The final fight was very violent. It, it was an 18+. plus. Yeah, it was more violent than I was expecting. But up until that point... I mean, it was it was a really fun evening. I've never, never even considered going to watch wrestling before, but it no. was, it was interesting. It, it gave me a real appreciation for the skill as well, because I think it often gets written off as, oh, it's all stage anyway. What's the point? Yeah. But actually, understanding how it works and then, like the the planning that goes into it and the routines. Oh yeah, definitely that, the like, routines is that like I have a lot more respect for the people who do it now. It was really interesting. It's really eye opening. I think. Um, but last weekend was bank holiday. What did you get up for, to for that? I stayed in the cutest, cutest Airbnb. It so adorable. Oh, it was like this little, it was like a wooden pod. Um, it was in someone's like kind of back garden, although it was like a massive, massive garden. But, um, and it was in a secret garden area and it was all walled off and it had like a barbecue and a seating area. And it was just, it was basically like a tiny house and it just had like housed four of us and we just stayed there for the whole weekend. The weather was amazing. So you had the best weather for it. So, so good. And we did like day trips out to Bath and like Castle Coombe, just kind of around the Cotswolds um, with some friends of mine from home. And it was, it was just gorgeous. Like we could not have wished for a better bank holiday weekend weather, which... I feel like is is a rarity in the UK. Oh, it really is. I've never known a bank holiday as sunny as that. Yeah, it was gorgeous. So, yeah, but now I um, just left my house in Oxford yesterday. Oh, it's so Packed weird. up, given the keys back. So I've officially moved out and I have one week of work left. So, yeah, it's all kind of scary, getting real. But, yeah. Hmm. What have you been up to? Well, my life is the total opposite because I managed to get really sick over the bank holiday weekend. Of all weekends. I know. I had so much planned and I ended up coming home from work early on Friday because I felt so ill. Um, And then I stayed in bed until Tuesday. I literally did not leave my bed except to shower once or twice. And then I just felt rotten all week. Like I just got hit with the worst cold and then I started getting a vomiting bug. It was, it was awful. Like... I've definitely had better bank holidays. And in that lovely heat, <laughs> yeah. I felt crap. Yeah. So oh, no. it wasn't really ideal. But what it did do was actually force me to like not do anything. Yeah. And I'm awful at that. Like I'd Just never take time. a bank holiday to do nothing. To yeah. Um so I finished the Michelle Obama book. Which is just brilliant. If you haven't listened or read to it, I really would recommend it. I listened to it on Audible and actually I think that's the easiest way to do, to do it. So, it is so long. But yeah. Listening to her talk, especially like during the White House years and all that kind of stuff, when Obama's presidency is just like, I do want really, to read it. It's really mm. interesting to hear her perspective on everything. And then I watched a lot of Modern Family. Like I started <laughs> from the beginning. It's all on Amazon Prime, uh, which I didn't okay. know. So I discovered this and I started it from the beginning again. Um, and I love that show. I just think it's it's so funny, very lighthearted, very easy to watch. So I've never really watched it. I think you'd really like it. She's watched similar it, kind of humor but... to Brooklyn Nine Nine, kind of. <sighs> Um, 
but yeah, really enjoyed that, doing nothingness. I mean, I would have liked to have done it and not been ill, but, you know. Well, cut. Oh. Where's that come from? It's like the one on my hand. The dangers of DIY. I know. We're not really cut out for this, although... We're not qualified, but we did speculate about starting our own business about five minutes into a painting job. And then we were like, oh my God, we had a brilliant idea. We couldn't remove it. Asia has like a floor-to-ceiling radiator on one of the walls that we couldn't remove. So we cling filmed it. So we could paint around it. Mask can take that on. We thought it was a very clever idea. We're probably not the ones to come up with it, but we feel like we are, so... I mean, I just think it's one of the best ideas we've ever had, so that was great. But yeah, other than that, I've not been um, up to very much, so should we move on to our recommendations? Um, so what's your recommendation this week? So I've only got the one this week because I've been doing nothing. Um, so the first one, well, the only one, is an article I read on Refinery29. And when I first saw the title of it, in all honesty, I just eye-rolled at it. Because I was like, oh my god. And it's called Instagram Fasting, The Low Stress Way to Stop Social Media Making You Sad. And my initial thought was, oh my god, as if we need to be told to get off Instagram. And then I thought, if I'm eye-rolling, I probably actually could do with reading it and not being so sceptical. <laughs> so I read it. And from the outset, um, the journalist says, like, it's not revolutionary that we know we need to be on our phones less and that there can be damaging effects and everything like that. But it's more about incorporating how you manage social media into your life. Because she said a lot of people find they'll delete the app for a day and then they'll spend an hour or two hours on it the next day. So it's like that binging and then deleting pattern. Yeah. Um, and just generally talking more about incorporating it into your life in manageable amounts. So some people obviously use it for work. So saying they only have it on their phones Monday to Friday, they delete it over the weekends. Or they have like a cut-off time each day where they stop going on it. Yeah. And I thought it's actually quite interesting to read about the impact it's had when people have stopped using it. And given I've been doing absolutely nothing recently except being ill, mm. um, and actually just kind of enjoying my summer a bit, I've not really been on Instagram anywhere near as much as I normally am. And it's definitely changed my perspective on things. I have a much better... I have a more refreshed, I think, is probably the best way of putting it, grasp on what is and isn't making me happy online. And it goes back to what we talked about in our social media episode about mm. curating exactly what your space online is like. And actually, it's made, it's kind of given me that renewed sense of I need to be a bit more ruthless here and make it a really positive place. Yeah. And the idea of Instagram fasting, I thought, actually, although I rolled my eyes, because it is essentially just not going on Instagram, um, I thought it's quite interesting, the idea of having a structure to it. So it is something you're almost held more accountable to like yeah. how some people will be really healthy during the week and on the weekends they'll relax it a similar idea of just making it work for you in your life because ultimately social media is still relatively new it's something that probably isn't going anywhere we all need to find a way to make it work in our lives how do we do that yeah no I totally agree and it's funny because the last the last three weeks I don't know if you noticed but I've posted about once or twice a week for the last three three weeks maybe and it's because like I'm so aware now of how short my time is here to enjoy with family and friends before yeah. I go away that I realize that it's not it's not when I lay all those things out it's not my top priority my priority is to spend time with the people that I love before I leave yeah. for a couple of years and it's as soon as I've put that perspective on it I've stopped feeling guilty about not going on yeah. Yes, like my engagement's gone down, blah, 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 all that stuff. But bottom line is, I know I can work at it and get it back at some point. That's not the most important thing to me right now. And I think 
having that perspective and I feel so much more relaxed. Like I cannot believe the difference that it makes to not feel the pressure of I finish work at five, okay, I need to post and be on Instagram for the yeah. next hour or whatever. Yeah, not having that stress on my commute that I've got no Wi-Fi so I can't really post, so I can't really engage and it's all pointless and like, yeah. I'm not getting anywhere. I don't know about you, but I've actually found that taking that time away from it has really like refreshed my creativity. So I've been like, actually, I'm going to stop writing my blog for a couple of more weeks. Yeah. I want to like redesign it or I want to get a whole new focus on the content I want to be producing because ultimately I do it for me. I don't do it to make money. I don't do it for anyone else. I do it because I genuinely enjoy it. And actually taking that scheduled time away from it has almost freed up my mind because I think one of the examples they gave in there was that they would sit in front of the TV they sit in front of TV watching a movie but also be scrolling on their phone and I was like I do that all the time yeah so you're not actually taking anything in in that space where your brain would normally 10 15 years ago maybe just go wandering off and daydream and like be that kind of bit more flexible yeah you lose that if you're constantly filling it with social media yeah and it wasn't until I stopped it that I realized the impact it had and actually it's definitely changed my perspective and I'm still working out some of the finer points of how I want to use it (laughs) but I think it's definitely a journey anyway um, but yeah, I've, I really enjoyed the article much more than I thought. We will link it, of course, as we always do. Um, but yeah, it was definitely more impactful than I thought it would be. Yeah, I shouldn't have been so sceptical. Yeah, no, that sounds really interesting. I'm definitely going to give that a read. What's your recommendation? Mine is, it's social media related, but it's a little bit of an odd one. I want to caveat this with the fact that I'm not actually religious. I have no issue with religion. I just personally am not. But... I came across an article and it said that the Church of England has released its own list of of social media commandments. And I was like... that's interesting. At first, similar to you, I was like, oh, this is such a gimmick. I I literally was eye-rolling like, oh, this is ridiculous. But then I actually went on the Church of England website and I read it. And I was like, this is exactly what religion should be doing. Stepping into the 21st century and engaging with things which are relevant to people today so that people can relate to it more. Like, that's the way that religion has to go. And they're just, they're standard things. I mean, they all elaborate on them, but it's be safe, be respectful, be kind, be honest, take responsibility, be a good ambassador, disagree well, credit others and follow the rules. And they're all so true. And they're all things that we see all the time in like Instagram's guidelines and things like that. But the way that they've phrased them, and it's not overly religiously orientated, but even like the take responsibility, take responsibility one I really like. It says, you are accountable for the things you do say and write. Texts and images shared can be public and permanent, even with privacy settings in place. If you're not sure, don't post it. I'm like, that's really... I was just impressed with the level of awareness. I really like that. Yeah. So when I first got a computer, we're talking like 15 years ago, more than Mm. that. No, 15 years ago. (laughs) Um, And I remember like sitting down and being taught how to use emails. And the first thing my dad said to me was, just remember, once you hit send on an email, you can never unsend it. So nowadays you actually can. But let's... I think it's an important thing to be told. And it just really stuck in my mind. And even now, I always think when I send an email, I can never unsend that. And I think that's what we all need to remember online as well. Because I think where it's more instant and it's fun and it's sociable, you almost forget that rule. But that's so true. Like, take responsibility for what you're saying. And disagree well as well. I think that's really really important. There's nothing wrong with having a different opinion. But there's a difference between saying you're a moron and yeah. actually I don't really agree with that. Have you thought about this? Yeah. Or can I ask you more about that? Because ultimately that's how we all learn. Yeah. And you and have to respect that people have yeah. different 
different opinions, different religions, different cultures. Like, But there's a difference between me saying, I'm not quite sure I agree with you on that. Why, like, can I ask you why you think that? Or, like, I kind of see it more like this versus yeah. you're an absolute idiot for saying that, like, do you just want the planet to burn or whatever it is that... Yeah. I think there's a there's so much more nuance to it than that. But yeah. I like that they've taken that step yeah. forward. I was really, really impressed with it. And, um, yeah, I feel like it is a is a great step for... The Church of England to I be taken. I think especially because historically people have looked to the church for advice and guidance. Yeah, and they're still doing the exact logi- same thing. It's a logical place to go. Within the context of the 21st century. I think, it, I think that's a really positive thing because, like you said, like it doesn't matter if you're religious or not. Yeah, they're still, they're just, still they're true. They're like good human being on the internet guidelines, basically. Yeah, yeah so I really I really like that. that. I think we're going to leave it there with our recommendations for this week because where I have been ill and Helly has been extremely busy, we actually don't really have anything else to recommend and we don't want to be disingenuous. So with that, I think we should move on to this week's topic. Um, So this week we wanted to talk about a topic that um, is very important to both of us and we're very aware that it is a complex topic and it is a huge topic. Um, but it's something that's personal, not just to us, but to a lot of people as well. And that's body image. Yeah, I think we both want to start off by saying we're obviously, well, not obviously, but we are two white, cis, able-bodied, slim women. So our perspectives on it come from a similar place. That said, body image and issues of body image is something that affects everyone and anyone. And I think there is still value to be added to the conversation and it's important that we have these discussions because we aren't going to try and sit here and give you the best tips to beat your body confidence issues or how to become more confident because quite frankly we aren't there and we don't feel we're in a position to give that advice. However, I think it is one of those things that is just really important that we all talk about because it does affect us all. I think it probably affects most of us more than we realise and some of those issues are very deep ingrained in us to the point where they're completely normal and you don't think about it. Yeah, you forget that you even have them. Um, And it is just important to discuss. So it's going to be a bit more of a very candid, casual chat about it. Of course, if you have a differing opinion on this or you have a completely different perspective, please feel free to join in the chat on our Instagram page via email, because like we said, we come from a very specific um, point of view when we're discussing this. And I think it's the same with any topic, but particularly this, it's really important that we're all able to have that voice. So please do not be afraid to get in touch. Yeah, I think the key thing about body image is that everyone's body is completely different. No one has the same body. So how... You can't expect people to have the same experiences, the same worries, the same issues or the same confidence about certain aspects of their body because yeah. it's not just different bodies, but it's people's differing relationships with it as well. And I think as well, what I personally might find as something I don't like about my body might be something you would love. Like we've discussed it quite a lot, how I have bigger boobs and Helly does not. And I've always said I would much rather mine be smaller. And you've said, I wish mine were bigger. And obviously, that's just our perspectives. And I'm thinking, oh, God, I would would love to be like you. And I see an issue with my body. Whereas I'm always sat here thinking, oh, I wish I had boobs that are a bit bigger like Charlotte. So I I think it is is exactly that. It's your own your own perspective of your own body because you live with it every day. I mean, you're the one looking in the mirror at it every day and making those comparisons to the people around you, which is a completely natural thing to do. Yeah. But it's if that then becomes something that's harmful to your own 
perspective of your body. Yeah, and I think as well, it's not just comparing it to other people, but comparing it to images you put in your own head. It's partly that aren't real because of like the media um, and what is the perfect body and just the level of Photoshop and augmentation that is there that means that you can't achieve those how those people look because they actually, they don't look like that. But I'm still going to talk about my boobs again. This might be a recurring thing. I'm a bit insecure about them. Um, but a few years ago, I was going through like a bit of a rough patch and I felt really conscious, especially in the summer when like low cut tops are in and all that yeah. kind of thing. Because the rest of the year, I can cover up. I'm happy. Um, but I was talking to a friend about it and they just said to me, but how many actual real boobs have you seen? And are you comparing yours to those? Or are you comparing it to this image in your head you've created of what you think perfect should be? Because then that's not, that's never going to be achievable because it's not even based on a real thing. Like you've just made this comparison up in your head. Yeah. So you're never going to be able to achieve it. So, and you you can't change it. So what are you going to do? And it really stuck with me because I thought that's so true. Like I'm not standing here going, I wish I Kim Kardashian's boobs or I wish I had like, I don't know, I can't think of someone else. But it, it was me comparing something to an ideal that I thought existed. And actually no one else cares. Yeah, I think I was the same with... So I'm, for context, I'm six foot two. Yeah. For anyone that doesn't know. I'm pretty tall, especially for a woman. And when I was younger, obviously that, that meant that I was... Well, when I was at primary school, I was head and shoulders more above everyone. And especially guys, like girls had more of a growth spurt when they're younger anyway. And I would be taunted and bullied for that. And it was horrible. And I, all I wanted was to be small. I just, I hated how tall I was and how lanky my limbs were and how uncoordinated that made me. And I look back now and actually I won a shit ton of stuff at sport. Like I was great at sport. I was great at yeah. running. And I look back now and I think of all those amazing things that I did. And that's probably now why I'm into a lot of sports. So from like, over time, my perspective of my body and that aspect of my body has changed because I see it as a positive thing. And now, now I love being torn. I'm like, well, yeah. I guess people are always going to remember me because how many six foot two women do they know? But at the time, I absolutely hated it. And I was so insecure. And I spent a lot of my young and teen years completely like slumped over, yeah. trying to drop my height, trying to shrink, like make sure I was trying to sit down in groups and things like that because I was so conscious of being head and shoulders over yeah. everyone whereas now I now I see it as a positive and I think that's something really important as well especially like in your 20s there's always lots of changes but also throughout life your perceptions of your own body change all the time what worried Definitely. you 10 years ago is maybe not going to be wor a worry to you now oh totally because I so I'm I'm not as tall as Helly I'm 5'9 um, but as a kid, I was a lot taller than everyone else. And I remember vividly being in dance class, being like, I'm not going to put my arms up too high. And then being like, Charlotte, you're not very good at this. Get better. I was like, I don't, I don't want to stand out. Yeah. Whereas now I'm like, I wish I was taller. And it is that, it's completely what you said. The body you have now isn't the body you'll have forever. Yeah. Bodies, bodies change. And, and that's like, wonderful. Like, isn't it amazing that the human body can do that? I mean, that? it is amazing. And that, uh, but then you also have to acknowledge that does come with a completely new set of insecurities every time you look at yeah. the, I mean... I guess that's why, especially through teen years and puberty, this like teenagers are especially prone to body issues and body yeah. image problems because there's loads of changes happening and all at once. Let's be honest, there's not exactly great education for it at schools either. No, it's like by the way, this shit's gonna happen. Deal with it. Oh, you don't like your body? Well, I, I can't help you with that. And I guess it's well, like obviously this isn't something that directly affects us, but other women in their twenties postpartum bodies like when you have a baby your body changes entirely yeah like, 
And it's it blows my mind that you can grow a human being like that. Just it um, like it, I genuinely am in awe of the fact that you can do that. But of course, that doesn't mean that on the other side of it, you're not going. Oh, I, a I look completely different. But B, you could have a whole new round of insecurities, and or yeah. maybe you love your body even more because actually you're completely aware of what it can do. Because I think there is also a part where you just have to be grateful for the body you've got. I think that's so true. Like. Again, going back to we are coming from the perspective of white, cis, tall, able-bodied, able-bodied fairly slim women. Like We have to acknowledge that we are, in fact, very lucky. Like we, ha- we are able to do so much and our body is so capable of so many things that we, we let's be honest, we take it for granted on oh, a daily definitely. basis. And so, so do most people. So I think it's accepting your body for what it's able to give you rather than hating it for the things you feel like it's lacking. Yeah, and also that thing of, I might I, know, I might not love my, I don't love my waist because they kind of, it goes in at different places and it's not even, but that doesn't mean the muscles in that area of my body aren't strong and they can't do great things. And yes, yeah. it might not look a certain way, but it can still do things and I'm grateful for what it can do. And I found personally that taking the emphasis off of the look and more of the capability distance you a little, I don't know, I feel like it distances you a little bit from some of the emotion involved. I'm not sure if that makes sense. No, I, I think I know what you mean, yeah. It's definitely a very long process. But I think being grateful for what your body can do, even almost as an objective point of view, like isn't it cool that your body just works Yeah. to whatever level that is? Well, I think it's like me looking back and saying, wow, like if I wasn't tall, I probably wouldn't have yeah. been as good at cross-country running as I was and swimming. And that meant that I did loads of sports and made loads of friends and like won competitions. And that was amazing. And that probably is in part to the fact I've got really long levers. Like <laughs> That worked out great. And I think that shift in perspective and now, but obviously I'm, what, I'm, I'm almost 26. It's taken me the best part of 15 years to look back and have that perspective because at the time all I wanted was to be smaller I think something really powerful that was said to me as well is that you don't have to love yourself and I think the body positivity space is amazing like it is a good thing and the encouragement of self-love is great but if you're in a position where you don't even like yourself to feel like you suddenly have to love yourself so all I'm of telling a sudden. You, yeah. That's really, like, that's something I've really struggled with because then you get the guilt of, well, I should love myself. Other people are telling me and I know I'm very fortunate and that can feel like a whole new pressure. If you don't even like yeah. yourself, how are you meant to love yourself? It's quite and, intimidating and yeah. then it makes you feel worse because and you're I'm like, like I'm I, not even capable of loving myself. Exactly. And that's a whole other issue. Actually, sometimes it's just acceptance. Like, you might not love everything about yourself and you might not love yourself tomorrow or in six months, but I think if you can be grateful and respectful of yourself and be just appreciative of what you've got and just accept it as it is that's that's a better place to start like if you currently hate yourself or hate something about yourself if you can even try and get to that point of neutrality yeah that's going to be an improvement I don't think it is a black and white thing of oh you have to love yourself because it also doesn't work for your whole body. Like there are things about my body that I can genuinely sit here and say I absolutely love. I love my eyelashes. Oh, I love that, my mate, teeth. I love your eyelashes. <laughs> there we are. <laughs> um, but there are other parts of my body. I'm like, I really don't feel I can say that. Yeah. That doesn't mean that it's it's not more meaningful if I say I love my bum than my eyelashes. Do you know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it doesn't mean that I'm any better at self love or any worse at it. 
to some different points in my journey with every part of my body and yeah. just saying, okay, I might not love it right now, but A, is it something I can fix? Like the fact that I'm not physically fit, therefore I'm not in great shape. That's something I can fix and that's only going to make me feel better. Yeah. But there are some things I can't change. So I think that's really important. Like self-love just seems to like incorporate everything. And I actually don't think it's possible for most people to love everything ever like I think that's that's really unrealistic and unreasonable yeah it sounds unrealistic as any other body standard that's out there like don't get me wrong I love RuPaul I love Lizzo but I do think you can love other people and love parts of yourself without having to 100% love yourself all the time I think it sets such a high standard yeah no there's there's no way like you're going to go through life like we've already said your body changes all the time how can you love something that's constantly changing like, you can't predict what you're going to look like in 5, 10, 15 years and what changes are going to happen. weeks. Like... Yeah. Things change all the time, I think. And also, that's a really good point to make, actually, that you don't always know what's going on behind the scenes with people. And just because someone looks healthy, you can't make a judgment on them and what their body issues are. I think self-love is a journey that only you can go through and although mm-hmm. someone may objectively like obviously like you've already mentioned I think your boobs are great and I wish <laughs> I had boobs like that like you're coming from a different perspective yeah. so I don't think it's right either to preach at someone about what they should and shouldn't believe about their own body because as much as it is nice to be told your boobs look great it's it's your yeah it's your own issue and your kind of own I guess it's my own journey to work through. Like, it's nice to be paid a compliment, but that shouldn't come with almost, like, a loaded pressure that I should instantly be like, oh, now it's fixed, I don't have a problem. Because actually, any body image issues you have have probably been ingrained for you for a long time. Like, you don't wake up... It's not just going to change. Yeah, it's rare that you wake up one day and go, okay, I'm now going to have a real thing about my left foot. Like, it sounds very trivial, but it's literally the first thing that came into my head. Um, But it's not as simple... Like, the journey to get to that point isn't as simple as that. So the journey of kind of getting past it can't be as simple yeah and again I think that's almost especially friends and family accept that that is their journey yeah I think that's really important yeah because you you can't all you can do is is sympathize with someone in that situation but you can't actually try and empathize all that much because your bodies are so different that you can't you can't stand in someone's shoes and understand what they've gone through I mean it was like I saw a statistic recently about um, people with eating disorders and how I think it's, I'm probably going to get this wrong, but it was 75 or 70 percent of people never drop below the um, like normal weight range for their body oh, wow. because that's something that they hide because it is it's a psychological problem. But yeah, it's, it's a still... mental health issue. It's not like oh I I want to be skinny and I'm going to stop eating. Like, yeah, that's not. It's that's a, not it. It's related to body image. But it is a mental health problem and you can't, again, how can you understand that person's journey and what's brought them to that point? All you can do is understand that they do have their own journey and their own relationship with their body and obviously support them if you can. Yeah. I think there's something really important there with the support as well about speaking to other people about it. Like I know as a friendship group, we have very, a very open dialogue about our own insecurities and there are things that I know that all of you guys are insecure about and there are things that you know that I'm insecure about that I wouldn't necessarily share with anyone walking down the street yeah um, I will share on a podcast but not with anyone <laughs> walking down the street but it's 
having it's respecting that and if I go I feel really insecure about this you not going okay but that looks great and dismissing it so yeah. well I think it looks great and you know but if you're insecure about it can we how can how can I support you in that is it being like and I would advice on a workout like my bum more toned or whatever it is it's offering the support rather than the judgment I think just I think just listening because again it does yeah. go back to that everyone has a different body and a different yeah image that they see in their minds and I think being there and being supportive for a friend is far more valuable than kind of trying to dismiss them and tell that tell them that they're being silly because oh my god you're gorgeous why are you saying that because you're like well okay I wasn't doubting that I wasn't gorgeous like I just said I was insecure about something like that sounds really arrogant but I think most people get what I mean when I say that yeah no it's not a sweeping generalization about someone's entire being they've just raised something that obviously for them is a problem and they're just looking to voice it and get that support not be kind yeah. of dismissed and told that, that it's not valid yeah completely I think it's so difficult with body image because it's so personal and so interlinked with emotion like how can it not be yeah and think how many years we've been told that our like our skin should be smoother or our hair should be smoother and I don't know whatever it is if you're told that every single day for years upon years upon years upon years, that's going to have an impact. And yeah. I think I think we are moving towards a place of more inclusivity. I think particularly brands like Isle of Paradise, um, which is a tanning brand, if you're not familiar with them, the products are great, but the, the their whole ethos is about using a really wide range of models, like men, women, you know, abled bodies, disabled people, loads of different skin tones different sizes yeah it's truly representative Mm -hmm. and I think we have to normalize that because we've been fed a perfect image of the perfect body for so long it's just not realistic and even the people who are on those covers don't look like that like I think one of the best things working in the beauty industry taught me was literally the extent they will go to to (laughs) change an image at the level that the level that a brand can go to to get the perfect shot and make it look perfect for that product. Like they're not mart- marketing it from a good place, an altruistic place of we want this to look really achievable. They're selling a lifestyle. They've put a lot of money behind a product. They have got yeah. to sell that product. They have a budget to meet. The motivation there isn't the same. And I think that knowing that and understanding that and t- being able to take a step back mm. helps to break that down a little bit. But it doesn't mean that you don't still have those concerns that knowing it removes the worry, but maybe the maybe having more of an open conversation and dialogue about it helps us all to move slowly towards a place where mm. we give less of a shit about other people's bodies if they are not in danger and it is not affecting our lives. Yeah, I think this is why it's so complex though, because even if you can take those steps, like I know that I've gotten a lot better at not really giving a shit what strangers think of me. Like, I still obviously care what my friends and family think, but I no longer feel judged by people walking down the street or people that I've just met or been introduced to by friends. I no longer feel conscious of what I look like because the harsh truth is they probably just don't care. They probably do not care, and I've come to terms with that. But I do think it's massively situational, whether that is because of social media or adverts or what we see online in movies I mean even I know we were talking about it earlier even at the gym I go to the gym and suddenly I'm conscious of 
how toned I am and whether I have a six pack and I leave the gym. I don't think about those things. I, that's not something yeah. that worries me on a day-to-day basis. And yet I'm in that situation. I'm surrounded by all these very fit and athletic looking people. I'm like, oh God, I like, I, sh- I wish I looked like that. But I think that goes back to what we've previously spoken about in comparison is that you're seeing a snapshot of that person's day. Yeah. You don't see the fact that that might be their third hour in the gym or, you know, that they've only eaten, like, pure protein for lunch. You don't see the rest of the journey. Yeah, that's and true. And if you want to look like that, you have to go on a similar journey to that. And that's not a priority for you. And that is completely fine. I think it's just balancing that and reminding yourself, being like, you're allowed to compare yourself to people online and in magazines. And that's normal. But also in real life. and. It's- but people don't give a shit. Like, I think yeah. what I'll actually do is if I can find it online, I will link the poem that um, Matt Haig wrote for um, September issue of Vogue, and it's called The Beach. And it's it's a brilliant piece. Um, and it basically is written from the perspective of the beach, being like, I don't give a fuck about what you look like. Um, but he, it's a really brilliant piece. So I will try and find it online somewhere and link it. If not, if you can still get your hands on it, then it is in September's issue of Vogue. Um, maybe I'll share it on the Instagram stories or something and just yeah. save it in a highlight because I think it's a really brilliant thing to read but not just to read once to go back and read a couple of times Yeah. Um, but I think it's true no one really cares like you know the person sitting next to me on the train yesterday might have been really conscious of her stomach for example and thought she looked really bloated and was really uncomfortable I genuinely couldn't even tell you what dress size she was even as a guest I genuinely did not care Yeah. and would never have even looked so I think it's remembering in the nicest way that not everything is about you and not everyone gives a shit. Also, it kind of links back to when... Do we speak about confidence? We spoke up. Do we I speak? feel like we've spoken about confidence. Yeah. But again, something that's massively helped me with my body image like issues and things that worry me is the whole, like, is literally fake it till you make it. And I don't mean that in, like, a literal body sense, but I, I will fake the confidence until I feel it. And even if I am having a day where I feel massively insecure and I'm feeling kind of tall and I'm worried about my boobs feeling small and my stomach's bloated and blah, blah, blah. Again, no one cares. But also, if I can walk into a room and act confident, chances are people are going to think, all they're going to think is, oh, look at that nice confident woman over there. Yeah. Like, if you can exude that... Not a huge fan of the whole like manifesting thing. Oh, I've got into this recently, but, but, but more no, on that. Well, no, but I do think it works. Like, I, I don't necessarily think it's the way to solve all of your life problems, but I do think that for for issues which, at the end of the day, are your own issues. Yeah, they are your own. I think that's really important to say. Yeah, they're your issues. They're not. Yeah, they are else's. absolutely your own kind of issues and problems to work through. That doesn't mean you shouldn't look to, for support from family and friends and whoever, but they are your own issues and if if manifesting some sort of confidence or way that you perceive yourself even if it's just 30 seconds in front of the mirror every day before you go out it's like those power poses that I recommended last week yeah it is actually if doing something is going to change how you feel about yourself even just for 30 seconds and you can keep building that up I I, I've always I feel like that's something that is going to help or it's helped me anyway to deal with some of the issues that I've had I think that's really interesting as well. Like, I think with... There are certain things that I know if I wear, I don't feel as great in because they might emphasise a certain part of my body or they might diminish. Is that the word I'm looking for? Another part of my body? Or, like, I might not feel great in them. Mm. It's not saying I should avoid them like the plague so I avoid the issue because I think there is a part that... There's a piece of work there to do to say, 
this item of clothing doesn't hold the power, as it were. Yeah. But I think it's also understanding what makes you feel great. And it doesn't just have to be clothing. Like, and I'm not talking about dressing for your so-called figure. Like, you're a pear shape, so you shouldn't wear this type of thing. Oh, and you should... God. I'm not into all that. Yeah. I just think wear whatever the hell you want. But have that understanding of yourself that if if there are certain things that make you feel more confident, great. Like, I would always feel better in a roll neck jump and a pair of skinny jeans than I will in, I don't know, like a very low cut dress that's very short. That's, I'm just always going to feel more comfortable. Yeah. And that's not to say that I should avoid the latter, but it's just understanding and thinking at certain points in the month, I might not want to buy, wear something that's tight across my stomach because I'm going to be a bit more bloated. Yeah. Or if I've, you know, not slept well, like, and I think that comfort ties into the acceptance as well. You're going to find yeah, it easier definitely. to reach that point of like self-acceptance if you're if you're comfortable in what you're wearing or yeah. how you look and feel on a, even if it's just a certain day. If that's going to help you take that step towards accepting that yeah, totally. your body is awesome and it's yours. Yeah, then... I think that's the thing, isn't it? Like your body is yours. It's the only one you've got. It's the only one you're going to get. So you need to just take care of it the best you can, both mentally and physically. Be grateful for what you have. And if you don't feel like that every day, you're not a bad person. That's totally okay. It's just accepting that I'm having a bit of a hiccup today and, or maybe I need to do a bit more work on this. And I think that's fine as well to say, like, I've got a lot of work to do in terms of body image and body confidence, definitely. Yeah. It's not, like what he said, it's a journey. It's not something that, oh, I'm going to work on this for a week or a couple of weeks and then I'll be over it. Like it is, it's going to be something that happens throughout life because I mean especially as women our bodies will change so not that men's don't as well but everything from puberty to childbirth to menopause like women's bodies change such an incredible amount that acknowledging acknowledging that that's going to be part of the journey is well you've got to do it yeah it's it's making I think it's more about making peace with it and having the acceptance rather than always striving for perfection because we are all fallible beings. None of us are perfect. No one's perfect, yeah. And at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, yes, I would love to have really toned, slender thighs with a perfect bum, but I'm not going to the gym every day. That's not my body yeah. shape. For mm. a start, like, the way my hips are means that I will never fit into a size 6 jean. Like, I fit, I, fit, I have too much bone in the way. Like, <laughs> that's just not happening. And actually, I would rather spend tonight eating a cheese board with you guys and worrying about eating some like fun food having a few beers and having a laugh then I would you know that that's my top priority at the end of the day yeah it goes back to what I said about priorities even earlier it's not it's it's not my priority right now and one day it might be and that's great and if that's your priority then more power to you but right now where I am in my journey it's not and actually it's more about working on that and saying that's fine that is okay let's enjoy it and not guilt trip myself because Jesus Christ, food was not made to be made to make you feel guilty. Exercise is not a thing to make you feel guilty. No matter what society might try and tell us, these things aren't here to guilt trip us. As much as uh, the media may try otherwise, it's not what it's intended for. Exercise is there to make you stronger and fitter so you live longer. Food is there to fuel you. Like, there's no ulterior motive (laughs) to these, like, inanimate things, you know what I mean? And I think, but... reminding yourself of that and staying in that headspace can be so hard and if you're not in that headspace then being told but you should love yourself it can just send you into such a spiral and such a tailspin like where do you even start and I think we have to discuss it more and say yeah we all feel insecure because I don't care who you are you have at one point in your life felt insecure about something 
to do with your body. Everyone does. You could literally ask anyone in the street and someone at yeah. some point has or has had some sort of body issue or body image confidence problem. Insecurity. Not, body insecurity, thank you. <laughs> um, and that's, like you said, that's human. That's completely normal and you definitely shouldn't feel guilty for feeling like that. Just acknowledge that it's there and do what you need to do to work on it and what's right for you, not what yeah. other people are telling you you should do. Yeah, it's all well and good that you might look great, but if you don't feel great, then yeah. you're allowed to not feel great. Just please don't sit there feeling like that for too long. Like, do something, like, put the work in to feel better. And I'm not talking, like, I'm not talking about putting the work in terms of going to the gym five times a week and only eating salad leaves. I mean, like, putting the time and the effort to find a way to get to that point of acceptance. You yeah. don't have to sit in a place of constantly hating yourself. Whether it is the fake it till you make it confidence or manifesting or yeah. even if you realise that you've got to the point where you need to go and get medical help or speak to a professional, that's absolutely fine. Those are amazing steps to be Definitely. deciding to take. I think that's kind of where we want to leave it for this week because I think we've had quite a good discussion about it. We definitely don't feel we're in a position to... Um, give advice on how to become more confident but there are some really brilliant resources out there so we're going to leave some stuff linked down below um, particularly with the work that Isle of Paradise and Jules von Hepp are doing because I think that's really brilliant and also um, some links to charities such as Beat for any more information if you need that support or just want to access the information. Yeah and as always we would love to hear from you obviously we realise this is a huge topic so if you'd like to chat about it or if you have any opinions or perspectives we would love to hear it and you can get in contact with us um on instagram which is at 20s are hard or you can drop us an email if we'll be a little bit more private on at 20s are hard at gmail.com if you want us to kind of comment on what you've said or share it with the group let us know but of course it can always be anonymous if you don't say anything we won't we obviously won't share it because we're aware this is a very personal topic um but you can also catch us on our facebook group as well so yeah facebook.com forward slash 20s are hard and you can tune in and listen to us on Acast iTunes and also of course Spotify now so yes, make so sure you head over there places. and I am going to be cheeky and just ask that if you are listening on an Apple device and you're using iTunes please please give us a five star rating leave us a little review it really does help other people to find the podcast yeah and um it will be recommended to people who might also like this kind of thing so I think with any of these topics we're discussing the more the merrier and it's always nice to be able to have those bigger conversations with people. Yeah, so definitely. We will catch up with you again in a couple of weeks' time. Um, keep happy, stay safe. And we'll speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.